And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. All right, here's what we got for you today. A little bit, like, I don't know, give me like 15 minutes. We'll get to what to expect if you choose to get the vaccine. I got all the side effects, what people have reported, and all of that stuff, okay? And this will mostly focus on the average person, not somebody's going to have a negative reaction because of an allergy or something. So what to expect if you choose to get the COVID vaccination. Uh, also at 5 o'clock today, we're going to have the, the mayor of Elkhart, Rod Robertson. He's going to be joining us to talk about the business fines over masks and that sort of stuff. Uh, cancel culture has ruined even more schools. But I got to be honest, one of them this time is a little funny. We'll talk about that. And Julian Assange, he's officially petitioned for a pardon. And now Project Veritas has released a phone call with Julian Assange and Hillary Clinton's Secretary of State's office warning them of a cyber threat and trying to prevent that cyber threat from actually occurring. Very interesting audio. We'll have all of that on today's show and more. Let's dive right into this. Uh, panic porn is in full effect. The media and even some of the so-called experts like Fauci and others are running around still trying to scare everybody even though we got the vaccines here. And they can't seem to really make up their mind. It seems like every time they say, we're right there, we're, we're going to beat this thing in just a couple of months of the vaccine, then they kind of pull back and they go, ah, we're going to have to shut businesses down for another nine months, or we're going to have to keep wearing masks until 2022. And it just, they don't really know. And so they're just constantly scaring people. So let's let's evaluate something that was pulled up here at townhall.com. Who's the author? Matt Vespa. Uh, he, he's pretty good, too. So Matt Vespa had this from NBC News. Moderna's va uh, COVID-19 vaccine is 94% effective at preventing symptomatic illness and appears to prevent the spread of the virus as well, according to the documents that were released on Tuesday. We already went over this. It's actually 94.5%, but, you know, that's, that's not exactly splitting hairs when you're talking about a vaccine. That's significant. Now, the findings set the Moderna vaccine up for emergency use authorization by the FDA by the end of this week, meaning Americans could soon have two highly effective COVID-19 vaccines after the first shots of Pfizer uh, vaccine were given to healthcare workers on Monday. And again, ironically, they're given to healthcare workers in New York, and New York was telling everybody the vaccine was dangerous and they weren't going to take it until Trump shamed them into taking it. And now they gleefully uh, take this. Again, I, I always have to point this out. Moderna was the first vaccine. Pfizer was not. It is important that everybody continue to remember that. Why? Um, just because Pfizer deserves credit for developing their own, but Pfizer should not get all of the credit for the vaccine. Moderna was first. The high efficacy of the Moderna vaccine was noted after two doses given 28 days apart. Remember, both of the, the main vaccines right now, you have to have two shots. If you don't have the second shot, you're still at risk of the virus, just so you know. And the second shot is where you're going to feel it. And we'll talk about those, those side effects here in just a little bit. This is about the same level of effectiveness as the Pfizer uh, Bio, BioNTech vaccine. But there is also evidence that just one dose of Moderna's may stop the virus's spread. A second document published by the FDA's website shows asymptomatic infection was reduced by 63% after the first shot. I guess we got to dive into asymptomatic stuff, at least just a little bit. I'm not going to go into great detail again. I've done this so much on the show. 
Still, it is expected that regulators will require two doses of the vaccine for maximum protection. Now, again, you're, you're getting the T-cells up. So you get one dose, you get a certain number of T-cells. You get the second dose, another number of T-cells and, and that sort of thing. You become immune. Uh, that's the whole point of having the series of, of vaccines here. Um, let's address asymptomatic spread because this is still being used to scare people. Every single study that I have looked at, every single one, and I'm not talking about preliminary lab results. I'm talking about actual research and studies. Every single one says asymptomatic spread of the virus is extremely rare. Every one of them. All of the medical research on this says that. I, I don't know how many times I have gone over a new study that shows, yet again, asymptomatic spread is rare. It is not a leading cause of the virus. It is one of the reasons why the uh, the, the mask mandates and, and the lockdowns really don't seem to be all that effective. Uh, obviously, with it being airborne and our reluctance to acknowledge that the virus is airborne for so long has also been another factor there. But the reality of the situation is the medical literature on this, the lab results on this, the studies on this show that asymptomatic spread, while possible, is rare. Remember, people who are asymptomatic have the same level of the virus in their body as those who are symptomatic, but they rarely spread it to other people. Unless, of course, you're talking about extremely long-term confined spaces with other folks. Asymptomatic people tend to give to their family. That's just how it is. So it can happen. Nobody is saying that it can't happen. For all of you tinfoilers out there who like to lie about what I say on this show. But all of the medical and scientific literature on this particular topic says that it's rare and not a serious contributor to the spread of the virus. And that keeps getting ignored. And of course it gets ignored. Look, here's... We got to go back to the very beginning here. We had the lockdowns because the Royal College of London, or uh, is it the Imperial College of London? It might be the Imperial College. The Imperial College of London said that there was going to be hundreds of millions of people dead. This thing was going to spread a lot faster than it really was. It was more deadly than it really was. And everybody in the Western world saw that and said, oh, crap, we better shut everything down. Our hospitals will not be able to keep up. And they did. Everybody shut it down. A couple weeks later, Oxford University looked at the Imperial College's data and said, none of this is true. None of this is accurate. You made huge mistakes, and here's where. The Imperial College retracted that study and issued an apology. Oxford was right. In fact, Oxford has been more right about the virus than any other institution of higher learning in the entire world. Oxford was right. The study was retracted, an apology was issued, the lockdowns persisted and continued because they already had it. The lockdowns are already in place, let's just see if they work. They didn't. The reason that we wear masks is because of asymptomatic spread. The whole point of the mask was that people who are asymptomatic might be super spreaders of the virus. Every single study says that's not true. There isn't one that says that it is. Not a single one. So we have the lockdowns based on a false research paper that was retracted, and we have mask mandates based on an original theory about the virus, which ended up not being true. Plus, the virus is airborne, and we have refused to acknowledge that. Uh, 
we're going about this the wrong way. Oh, don't don't you forget. I already see this showing up now. I will not forget about the American Medical Association admitting that I was right about hydroxychloroquine. I will not forget about that. I was alone in the wilderness as far as media was concerned for an extended period of time. I know that many of you are with me, but I was alone in the wilderness when it came to the media for a long time on that. So townhall.com's Matt Vespa, he's pointing out, he's like, there's the, there's the panic that they're peddling again. Asymptomatic spread. Asympt-. But the research shows that there, there is very rarely asymptomatic spread. It does happen, but it's rare, folks. It's extremely rare. So when they run around and they tell you, yeah, even with the vaccines, we're still going to have to uh, you know, be on lockdown until 2022 because of asymptomatic spread and, and all of that stuff. And well, that's not what the data shows. It's not what the research shows. They keep telling us to trust the experts, but then the experts keep telling us that the people who tell us to trust the experts are wrong. And then we don't listen to the, the, the experts who keep telling you that the politicians are wrong. I did a whole, I did a whole show about that. If you go to theburningtruth.us, like, I've got the video there where I highlight some of this, where you have some of the experts out there telling you point blank what your local health officials and what politicians are telling you is wrong and they need to adjust their strategy here. And there have been preeminent experts in virology and infectious disease and epidemiology throughout the entire world from the very beginning who have been saying the same exact things and they're the ones that keep getting proven right. Everybody else, not so much. One of these days, I'm going to go over the Great Reset. I haven't done it yet. But this is why people are buying into this Great Reset, air quote, conspiracy. Because what is happening doesn't make any sense. It's Chewbacca. It doesn't make any sense. So once again, even with the vaccines, they're still still scaring everybody, right? Can't have everybody getting too comfortable. So what's actually going to happen if you get the vaccine, though, if you choose to get the vaccine? My hope is that most people are going to be given the choice. That is my hope. The reality will be different, but my hope is that most people will be given the choice. So what's going to happen if you actually choose to get the vaccination? Let me tell you uh, what some of the people went through the trials had to say about all of that coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. We're live streaming on DLive, so head over to DLive.tv slash Casey the host. DLive.tv slash Casey the host. And apparently my community manager has just baited a liberal stream into coming over and uh, trolling hours. So this should be fun. This will be a fun afternoon. All right, let's uh, let's get to the FDA here. The FDA has authorized the over-the-counter at-home antigen test. We were talking about this a little while ago. Uh, was it a week or two ago? Uh, they did approve it, so they approved this yesterday. It's an emergency use authorization for over-the-counter, fully at-home COVID-19 diagnostic test. So you can take the test at home. I think they're going to run like 60 bucks or something like that. So, you know, this... This is not something that is going to be good for most people to do every single day, but it might be, you know, after you have an event or if you've come in contact, you don't need to schedule an appointment, um, something of that nature to where you can go ahead and do a test at home. So it has the approval and it should start becoming available here relatively soon. Uh, Also, uh, I want to thank the live stream on this. I think Austin is the first one, the first one that said that. 
Alaska healthcare worker had a serious reaction to the vaccine. Now, again, this is a new one. We obviously had several of these in the UK when the vaccine was used in the UK. Now, we are starting to have those reactions in the United States as well. An Alaska healthcare worker had a serious allergic reaction on Tuesday and was hospitalized after being injected with the vaccine produced by Pfizer. This is all according to the New York Times, which was published uh, today. A spokeswoman for Juno's Bartlett Regional Hospital, Katie Bowsler, said that the reaction occurred there. Bartlett, along with Anchorage, Alaska Native Medical Center, were the first places in the state to inject workers with the vaccine. They did this on Tuesday. A spokesman for the ANMC, Shirley Young, said no allergic reactions have occurred at the Anchorage Hospital. So it did happen uh, with this one worker. Apparently the worker did not have a history of drug allergies, but that it was unknown whether the person had any other type of allergies. So again, uh, if you have allergies, this the Pfizer vaccine may not be one for you. You know, in after the UK, they were basically saying anybody who carried around an EpiPen shouldn't get it because all of those folks were going to potentially have a serious reaction to this thing. Uh, the Bell's palsy issue, which has shown up, a couple of people who got the vaccine got Bell's palsy. That appears to be related to chickenpox, I guess, is what somebody had told me. I don't know enough about it. Uh, also, you had um, the, again, the limitation was essentially that if you had a severe enough allergy that you needed an EpiPen, that was going to be the problem. Well, now this person doesn't have that and still developed a serious reaction to an allergy that had been previously unknown. So if you have allergies, they're going to have to do their best to figure out what exactly is, is going on here, what might potentially be in, these, in the Pfizer vaccine that is causing all of these allergic reactions. I should still note that it's extremely rare. The vast majority of people don't have a negative reaction, but it is popping up. So if you're known to have allergies, this is something you may want to really have a conversation uh, about with the uh, the medical officials. I, again, don't know if this is going to also happen with the Moderna vaccine. We don't know how different they are or if the Moderna vaccine might end up being the better option for people who may have potential uh, potential allergies. So we'll see how that all plays out. So what about people who are going to get the vaccine? What kind of side effects beyond these extremes with the allergic reactions what kind of side effects can you expect a 68 year old retired nurse actually spoke to fox business uh, this didn't really happen after the first shot most of these show up after the second shot this 68 year old after the first round they weren't sure if they got the placebo or the vaccine after the second round they knew exactly what they got they said they woke up about midnight freezing they had intense chills, neck pain, headaches, every joint in their body was hurting. They also had a fever that peaked at 102.4. They poured out so much sweat that she actually lost three pounds. The following day, she woke up and she felt fine. So she said she had this really adverse reaction for about 36 hours or so. And it seems to be ballpark um, where, where she had that. She goes, for 24, 36 hours, I was feeling really miserable. Now, I remember when the vaccine was approved, they were telling you, the Pfizer vaccine, they were telling you that when you get the second shot, you're going to want to take the day off of work because it's going gonna, it's gonna to knock you on your, your butt. So this is, not un, you know, this is not something that's not anticipated. This is something that, that is fully being warned about, just so you are well aware if you choose to get the vaccine. 
30,000 volunteers who took part in phase three clinical trials of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine wasn't told whether she got the vaccine or the placebo. However, she said a trial researcher attributed her symptoms to her body mounting a strong immune response, which is something that we also heard about throughout the trials. The first shot's building up those T-cells. The second shot, you already have those T-cells, so now your body is in overdrive fighting everything, and it kind of puts you through the ringer. Uh, let's see. The Pfizer one rolls out this week. The next one from Moderna looks poised to start reaching people soon. Some Americans have expressed reservations about getting it, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so, again, chills, body aches, joint aches and pains. We've talked about the allergic reaction, that sort of thing. Uh, Pfizer has said that their vaccine is generally well-tolerated with no serious safety concerns, but we do have several people in the UK who got sick. Uh, we also have people now in the United States who got sick. In the UK, they attributed it to people who had severe allergies already. The case in Alaska, they don't have severe allergies, and it was previously unknown what kind of allergies they had, so it wasn't something that they dealt with on a regular basis. There's still the issue of Bell's palsy. So again, you're going to have to... You're going to have to go through your medical records, whatever is best for you, your body, your, your, uh, your doctors and things like that. If you are looking to get this vaccine and, you know, it, the Pfizer vaccine may end up not being good for some people. The Moderna one might end up being good for most people or it could be flipped around or they could both be bad. They could both be great. We're, we're not exactly sure. Most people who have gotten the vaccine at this point, both in Europe and the United States, have been fine. Now, that's only one injection, though. So we're still waiting for injection number two, which is going to happen in a few weeks. When injection number two happens, that's where you're going to start to see a lot of these, these major side effects uh, kind of come out. Uh, Brad Holman is 55 years old. He's in New York. He spent the evening after his second Pfizer shot shivering under a pile of blankets as he ran a fever around 102. Okay, so we're, we're getting to a point where we're seeing the exact same symptoms. Now, one... I believe is the Moderna vaccine. The other one is Pfizer. So they're all experiencing shivers. They're all getting a fever right around 102. They're all getting body aches. They're all getting headaches. And then the next day, they're fine. That's generally what you are seeing with the people who went through the trial for the vaccines. So expect that at the very least when you start getting into... Uh, you taking the vaccine or something of that nature, uh, should you choose to do that when it becomes available. I think that Indiana is starting to inject their first people, um, um, I think it was today, if, if I read that correctly, I think Indiana is starting to do that. So again, just stuff for you to consider. You know, if you're considering the vaccine, maybe you're on the fence, uh, maybe you're not exactly sure what you want to do. That's the information that we have available right now with the limited amount of information that we do have. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. <laughs> Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson, friendly neighborhood radio host. I don't make anybody mad. Nobody doesn't like me. I'm friends with everybody. That's <laughs> Speaking of which, Elkhart Mayor Rod Robertson is going to be on at 5 o'clock. Uh, looking forward to that. He's going to talk about the mask fines and things like that that were just implemented in Elkhart. Um, we just went over the, the side effects you should expect if you get the COVID vaccine, should you choose to get it. And I certainly hope that you're given that choice. Uh, cancel culture has ruined the names of several more schools, but I have to admit, one of them is kind of funny. Okay, so we'll talk about that later. 
And this Julian Assange audio that Project Veritas has released, crazy stuff. Uh, Julian Assange has officially asked for a presidential pardon from President Trump. And this phone call that he had with Hillary Clinton, uh, not her specifically, but her uh, State Department when she was the Secretary of State is tremendously interesting. So we'll talk about all of that a little bit later on in the show as well. Again, uh, Rod Robertson coming on at 5 o'clock. Uh, Boko Haram has kidnapped some more kids. This this is what they do. But this time it's 300 schoolboys. It's not schoolgirls. So I am patiently awaiting for the misandrous culture in Hollywood to give us a hashtag to bring our boys home. Now, the hashtag thing is stupid. Don't get me wrong. doesn't accomplish anything. It's one of those things where uh, people who don't actually want to do much because they're lazy but want to pat themselves on the back, it's one of those things that they do. That's what hashtag justice is. But I don't see anybody really sticking up for the boys. So they were all about bringing girls home. But uh, forget about the boys, right? Yeah, boys aren't important. The girls are important, though. Where's all of the, the prominent men in Hollywood running around with the hashtag, bring our boys home? And the, the pleas, the beggings, the niceties to Boca Haram to bring those young boys home. I don't see any of that. Because boys' lives are not valued in our culture, whether anybody wants to admit it or not. They're just not. They're not valued. Next, election stuff. Speaking of not valuing anything, let's talk about your vote. Data obtained by the Nevada GOP from the state's Department of Motor Vehicles. Uh, Nevada, like many other states, again, I'm from Las Vegas for you new folks out there. Nevada, like many other states, routes a lot of their voter registration through the DMV. Uh, They reveal, the Department of Motor Vehicles reveals that thousands of non-citizens were registered to vote and ultimately cast ballots in the 2020 election. Again, a running standard problem in the state of Nevada. Something that is pretty pretty standard every election now most of the time they catch a lot of these people but when you turn the machines down and the machines in in clark county nevada which is where las vegas is are turning out 70 percent error rates you turn down the signature verification to just 40 percent, which means if your signature doesn't match 60 percent of the signature on file you're still good my friend uh, victor jakes got a lot of attention a few weeks ago he wrote an article in the las vegas review journal that's the biggest paper in the state highlighting how they were able to beat the signature system. He did it in a legal way, but they beat the signature system by using his signature on multiple people's ballots. So anyway, let's look at uh, Nevada. So the Nevada GOP is saying, again, thousands of non-citizens registered to vote. Again, common problem there. And ultimately cast ballots in the 2020 election. The revelation adding to a long list of fraudulent election activities in the critical swing state comes as a result of the Nevada Department of Motor Vehicles automatically registering all voters who apply for driver's licenses. Uh, Nevada is one of the states that does that. Of course, you know that when that was being proposed in various other states, including states in the Midwest around us, we talked about it extensively, and I told you this exact thing would happen. And, of course, what did the politicians say? Illegal people can't vote. Yeah. Well, they do. It's weird. When you register people who are in the country illegally and then you don't verify their identity when they vote, it's kind of strange how you miss their ballots. (laughs) Since legal and illegal non-citizens can get a driver's license in the state of Nevada and identification cards in the state of Nevada, if the DMV fails 
to do their diligence, non-citizens can easily be registered to vote. And that is, uh, of course, uh, a statement from the Nevada GOP. Under the subpoena, the GOP obtained data that showed green card holders and non-citizens who had obtained driver's licenses from uh, the official data set. The Nevada GOP, quote, compared this detailed information against the county voter records in Nevada. They discovered that 6,260 non-citizens were registered to vote. 3,987 non-citizens did vote. So there's that. That is Nevada. Then I get to tell you about Arizona. New things happening in Arizona. We'll talk about all of that coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Again, we're streaming live at dlive.tv slash Casey the host. Make sure you go follow me over there. It's free. Like I said, it only costs you your soul, which pff, you got plenty of those anyway. All right, let's talk about Arizona. Some interesting things happening in Arizona. The Arizona GOP chair says when 30% of Democrats, and this is according to the polls, by the way, when 30% of Democrats think the election was stolen from Trump, you know something's wrong. It's a very interesting statement. We've gone over some of these polls before on the show. Multiple polls do, in fact, show that a lot of Democrats think that Trump was robbed. That's interesting. Um, now, it's not the crazy liberal trolls on social media, but there's an awful lot of Democrats out there who do think that Trump was robbed in this election, and there's still a lot of evidence, too. The question is, can it be presented in time in order to prevent uh, the inauguration and time is just not on trump's side that's the thing you know it'll be one of those things where you know years later we'll figure out the truth and everybody will go ah see we were right way back then and then everybody will go yeah but there's too late to do anything now it's whatever it's you know stuff and things and sorry you don't have freedom anymore because of the great reset uh so anyway the voting public needs to be confident that in our state this is arizona and in our nation we hold free and fair elections which i think is pretty clear now that we don't uh that is why the arizona republican party is doing everything we can to ensure voters must uh, trust that a free process leads to fair results and as we've said before um if nothing else okay everybody needs to agree on this basic facet of truth nobody trusts the electoral system nobody and it's funny, we, we talked about the the allegation that Alan West was calling for secession yesterday at the end of the show. And it, it doesn't appear that he was actually doing that. But it is funny watching all of these liberals get real uppity about that on social media because liberals always call for secession when they lose an election. Like every time. We talk about it every single election cycle. It, really, whatever is whoever is on the losing side always brings it up. Um, Back in 2016, Silicon Valley executives. Gee, I wonder why Silicon Valley got so involved in pushing for Biden this time around. Silicon Valley executives after the 2016 election, they're the ones that lobbied for California to secede and become its own state. You remember that? That was executives in Silicon Valley. That wasn't just voters, people on the street, activists. That was Silicon Valley corporate executives and then in the 2020 election they put all of their resources behind censoring trump and pushing biden and uh, of course making sure that they throttled any story that was negative of biden that they could so kind of interesting how that plays out 
It's always the liberals, too, who say that they're going to move to another country if a Republican wins an election. Now, they never do that, but they always threaten to do that. You know, it's so interesting in the difference in reaction, though. So after liberals lose an election and they say we should secede and we should leave America. The right always goes sayonara. Bye. Right now, liberals are going, you're sore losers. You're this, you're that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nobody's even really called for secession. It was something that Alan West said where he was, I, I think he was basically calling for a compact of states like what left states have. Uh, with the uh, the popular vote compact. So it, that appeared to be what Alan West was talking about. But it was funny watching people roll with it. Uh, people on the right and the left both, I think, took them out of context, but still pretty interesting to watch. And, and watching all of, these, uh, all of these leftists and liberals run around and pretend like they never call for secession <laughs> after they lose an election is pretty funny because they always do. So Arizona, again, they're auditing the machines in Maricopa County. Um, the Arizona Republican Party continues to push for uh, the results in the states. If you look at the situation um, with Stop the Steal, now Stop the Steal is a, it's a protest movement. It's kind of become an organization that has sprung out out of nowhere. I think it's amazing that the leader of Stop the Steal is a dead ringer for Sammy Davis Jr. I think that's amazing. So leaders of young younglings out there, Google him. You'll be impressed. Uh, leaders in the Stop the Steal protest movement on Tuesday threatened to challenge Republican senators who don't object to electoral votes during next month's joint session of Congress. Oh, this is interesting. The last time I have seen the base of the Republican Party this upset, the Tea Party kicked a bunch of establishment Republicans out of Washington. I'm just saying... Keep an eye on this. <laughs> Could be another Republican civil war coming. Never know. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.